Welcome to the Damn Strong Podcast. I'm your host, Bree, and I'm a full-time online fitness coach, and my passion is to educate women on all things fitness. I help women just like you step into the power of knowledge and commitment to ultimately live your best and strongest life. In this podcast, we'll talk about being damn strong in our body, mind, and life. I'll be teaching you how to navigate nutrition, strength training, and mindset challenges. So get ready to take some notes because we're building a damn strong life. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I actually want to start this podcast with a little side note. I really want to encourage all of you to listen through to the end because I have a little freebie that will actually help you with starting your fat loss phase. And not only will it help you with starting, it will help you through your entire fat loss phase. And it helps really with analyzing data. And we'll don't let that scare you off. We'll talk about analyzing data a lot in this podcast. And so it'll help it and make it a little bit easier when you're looking back at your data when you're starting your fat loss phase. So again, don't let that scare you off. I just really want to encourage you to listen to the end because if that does make you nervous analyzing your data, this thing that I'm going to give you is going to make it just really helpful and make it a little bit easier. So Let's get off that side note. Let's kind of get into the podcast. I get this question a lot of how do I start a fat loss phase? How do I set my calories? How do I know I'm in a deficit? And I have four steps that we're going to walk through on how to set up and start your fat loss phase. You know, we could talk about the middle of the fat loss phase and the end and, and plateaus and all those things. There's lots to talk about when it comes to a fat loss phase, but let's just get you even started. And maybe this will be another day for another podcast of talking about things, you know, like being in the middle of a, of a fat loss phase, what happens when you plateau, how do I know when I'm at the end, all of those questions. So if that's something you're interested in as a podcast, definitely shoot me a DM on Instagram because I'd love to know if anyone has interest in that. But without further ado, let's just get into how to start a fat loss phase. So let's start with step one. Step one is figuring out your calories and an activity goal. I think a lot of people neglect the activity goal part. And I understand why, because I think on Instagram a lot, we're always told how, you know, you can't outrun a bad diet. You can't outwork or work out a bad diet. And I absolutely 100% agree with that. But your activity goal does play a part in you figuring out your calories. So let's first start with how you're figuring out your calories and then setting up your activity goal as well. So when you're using an online calculator. So there's actually a couple ways to figuring out your calories. There's technically two ways. I'll walk through both ways and talk about them. Uh, but the second way is really my most preferred way when recommending this to people. The first way is you could track your calories for an entire week uh, without a calorie goal specifically. You just track to see how you're naturally eating, assuming that you're maintaining your weight and you're just trying to go into a fat loss phase. You would track how you're eating over the course of the week, average that out, and then you could subtract 500-ish calories from that amount of calories and see if that puts you into a deficit. And we'll talk about seeing, I'm doing quotations there of if that puts you into a deficit, but I think honestly, a little bit of an easier way. And I just like this way better because I feel like it's, it gets you a little bit faster, maybe into that deficit. Not that you need to do it the fast way, but I just prefer this way. It's just using an online calculator. You can use a couple of ones. The ones I recommend are tdeecalculator.net. I'll leave the link in the show notes, but it's T as in Tom, D as in dog, E as in Edward, E as in Edward calculator.net, not.com.net, or you could Google search the PN1 calculator. That's also a really good one. But I really want to point out that these calculators are just giving you a ballpark, right? So you go online, you put in your height, your weight, 
uh, your activity level, all of that into this online calculator. And it's giving you a ballpark, a ballpark calories. We're going to have to figure out if these calories actually work for you. And we'll talk about that in step two. And most likely they could. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm not saying you can't put your information in there. We try out these calories and it could absolutely work for you. But there's a chance it doesn't. We'll have to make some adjustments. And again, we're going to talk about that through the steps, but just go in knowing, Hey, these calories might not get the results that I want, but it's at least a starting point and we'll make adjustments for there. So the first thing is to go onto the online calculator and get your calories. When you've gone on that online calculator, it's going to ask you how active you are or what's your activity goal, et cetera. If you are on the tdeecalculator.net, it's going to ask you something like, desk job one to two times per week, three to five, six to seven. Now, a lot of people confuse this thinking it's asking them what their job is, because again, that first selection on there is sits at a desk all day. And then it goes, works out one to two, works out three to five. It's not asking what your job is. What it's asking you is how often do you work out? And so when it goes through six to seven, three to five, one to two, if you don't work out at all, it's asking you, is the only activity you get throughout your entire day just being at a desk? So it's not asking you what your job is. A lot of people get confused on that. So it's asking how often you're working out. And so we need to tell it accurately how active you're going to be. And so I want you to be realistic with how often you're going to work out, right? When when clients come to me and I'm setting up their calories, I ask them, how often do you work out? And they'll be like, oh, I work out three times per week, but I'm really trying for like four to five. I really want to do five days a week. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm not asking you how much you want to work out. I'm asking you realistically from week to week when we start tomorrow, how often are you going to work out realistically with your schedule, with kids, without kids, with your social life? How often can you commit to working out? They're like, oh, well, three times per week. Perfect. That's where we're going to start. So I don't want you, when you go into a fat loss phase, I think a lot of times we gear up activity because we know if we're more active, we can put ourselves more into a deficit and lose more fat loss, which yes, being more active can help. And that's why we have an active activity goal in general, but don't get unrealistic with it because when you're telling this online calculator, Hey, I work out three to five times per week. It's calculating your calories with the understanding that you're going to be working out three to five times per week. And so if you're unrealistic saying, Hey, I work out six to seven times per week. It's like, great. You're super active. You can lose body fat on 2000 calories. And so next week you work out six to seven times per week, but then the next week you only work out twice. And the next week you don't work out at all. And the next week you only work out three times. Those 2000 calories might not work out, work out for you and will be out of the ballpark for you because you were not truthful about how active you were with, with your workouts. And so you don't do anyone a disservice, but yourself when you are, and I'm doing quotations, lying to the calculator and how active you're going to be. So when you pick that activity goal on either calculator, I want you to pick the amount of times you're going to work out per week that you can do week end and week out. Again, if there's one week out of six weeks that you work out twice versus three times, if that was your commitment, not the end of the world, but I want you to pick an amount of times you're going to work out each week that you can actually commit to and actually do weekend and week out. So we've talked about your workout activity goal. Now let's talk about your step goal. Something I need you to understand though is having a step goal is not this magical fat loss hack. It's not this magical burning calorie thing. 
I think a lot of us get caught up and carried away with like getting 10K steps. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, get 10K steps, you go Glen Coco, okay? Get your 10K steps, but it's not this magical thing. What setting a step goal does is it gives us a baseline. It gives us a baseline for activity. If you understand calorie balance, or I'm sorry, not calorie balance, but if you understand energy balance, this will make so much more sense. So let's let's talk about energy balance in a sense, because I think this will help for it to be more clear. You need to consume less calories than you burn in a day to be in a calorie deficit, right? To save money, you need to spend less money than you earn to save money. That is an energy balance per se. So we need to have a baseline of what energy we're going to expend each day right? That's why it's so important for you to be consistent in this activity goal. So like over the course of the week, you're going to work out four times per week. Perfect, right? We have our baseline there. Now we need to know how active you're going to be daily, day in and day out. And so if you are currently, you know, maintaining 4,000 steps, that's great. But if you go into a fat loss phase and maybe you have a really, really busy time at work. And so you're sitting all day, even more than normal. And your average is now down thousand steps per day. Well, we just affected the energy balance there, right? And so we want to make sure, okay, if you're on average getting 4,000 steps, we want to make sure we keep track of that. And we make sure at minimum, we're getting 4,000 per day. So that way we keep that activity per day consistency. A step goal is just a way for us to measure how active we are every single day. That's all we're using it for. We're using our step goal to measure, okay, I am 4K steps active per day. And I'm going to try to make sure at minimum, I'm 4K steps active. Now, what we can do is we can increase our step goal. And something I advise on doing is pulling up. If you have an Apple watch, go ahead and pull up your health app. If you're using Fitbit, I'm assuming there's a Fitbit app, but pulling up on those apps. And again, if you're on Apple, Apple watch, pulling up the health app, you'll go to the bottom where it says steps and it'll give you your weekly average. Go over and look at that. See what your weekly average is. And your weekly average is anything below 10K, I would encourage you to increase that by 2000. So if you're at 4K, increase to six. If you're at six, increase to eight. If you want to go ahead and make the jump to 10. If you're currently getting 6,000 steps per day and you're like, hey, I got time. I can go on an extra 30 minute walk every single day hour walk per day and I can hit 10,000, go for it. But if you need to take those baby steps, go ahead and look at the steps that you're getting now. I want you to add 2000 to that. And that's where I want you to set your step goal. And then from there, if you want to add in more steps, you can, right? Adding more steps is just going to create further of an energy balance, right? It's going to put you further. You're going to be burning more calories in the day than you're consuming. So it's going to further put you into deficit. So there's nothing wrong if you want to get more steps. It's just very important to understand that us setting a step goal is not something magical. What it's doing is saying, hey, here's a baseline for how active I'm going to be every single day. And I'm going to make sure that's my minimum of where I'm going. Now, if you're, if you're a teacher or a nurse and you get you know, 10, 12, 15. I have clients who get 20,000 steps a day because of their job. You don't necessarily need to be increasing your step goal. You're pretty dang active as it is. If you want to, you could, but I would just start, if you are 10 plus on average with your step goal, I would just make sure you keep it there. I wouldn't advise really adding. If you want to, again, you can, but I would just keep yourself at 10 K. Again, if you're, if your minimum is 10 K, keep yourself there. If you on average, get 12 K, just make sure you have a minimum step goal. I wouldn't necessarily go into adding steps. 
uh, to your day, unless you just have the time and you just want to have more steps, you can, but I don't think it's necessarily a necessity. Okay, let's go ahead and move on to step two. Honestly, this is going to be the hardest part of starting your fat loss phase. I'm just going to put this out there. And step two is you need to be consistent with the calories that you get for two weeks if you are going to be weighing daily. If you're not going to weigh daily, you need to be waiting around four weeks. So let's go off the premise that you are going to be weighing daily. You need to be consistent with these calories for two weeks. This is really, really, really important that you're consistent with these calories for at least these two weeks because we need to assess what happens when you eat at those calories, right? We need to see, okay, you're getting, you're hitting 8K steps per day. You're working out three times per week and you're eating 1800 calories per day. What happens? We need to assess what is happening over two weeks. We need at least two weeks of data. And you know, if you're tracking one day and not tracking the other or under tracking on the weekends, that is not being consistent with your calories. When I say being consistent with your calories for two weeks, that is tracking every single day and tracking everything and hitting those calories, right? You could be tracking every single day and tracking all of your calories, but you are over your calories three or four of those days out of a week, right? So you need to be consistently hitting those calories for two weeks, hitting your step goal and hitting your workouts as well for two weeks. Again, if you're weighing daily. And the reason why I say weighing daily is because your body's going to fluctuate day to day. And so weighing daily helps to take out those fluctuations. And this is something that I'm going to mention at the end that's going to help you. The freebie that I have to give you guys is to help you assess your daily weigh-ins and you to see the average at the end of the week so you can navigate those fluctuations. If you don't want to weigh daily, that's okay, but you're going to need to do this for four weeks before we even assess what happens. And the reason why is because let's say on Monday you weigh in at 182 and the next Monday you weigh in at 182, it doesn't mean you didn't lose body fat over the course of that week. It could be that over the course of the week you were losing body fat and dropping weight, but you know, Sunday evening you had a bowl of ramen, which there's nothing wrong with ramen. It's just high in sodium. You had a bowl of ramen and so you stored some water weight that night and so bumped you up a little bit. And so you're seeing 182 when that's just water weight and not fat loss. And so if you're only going to be weighing once every single Monday, you need to navigate those fluctuations of once a week over the course of four weeks. So I super encourage people to, to weigh themselves daily so you can navigate those fluctuations a little bit quicker. But again, I understand not everyone's comfortable with that. So if you're not going to weigh daily, you need to be waiting four weeks of assessing your day. You need to be consistent. You should always be consistent with your calories, obviously, when you're in a fat loss phase. Like that's the goal. But you need to try to be 100% consistent at least for the first two weeks, weighing daily, first four weeks, weighing weekly. So that way we can assess what's happening. So again, let's let's go off the premise that you are 100% consistent for those two weeks. Now we're going to have to assess the data. So this is step three. We're going to assess the data. So we're at a fork in the road, right? We're going to assume that you've been consistent for two weeks. You've been weighing every single day. You've been hitting your step goal and you have been getting your workouts in. And again, I'm going to emphasize this because I get texts all the time of people saying, Hey, Brie, I'm tracking 1600 calories and nothing's happening. I'm not losing any body fat. I go, great. What do your weekends look like? And they go, Oh, I don't track on the weekends. No. That's not being consistent with your calories for, for two weeks. We need to be tracking on the weekends, tracking at the special events, tracking at the baby showers, all those things. So step three, you're at a fork in the road. 
And this is the first thing you're going to ask yourself when you hit that two week mark. Yes, I was consistent or no, I was not consistent. If you were not consistent, we need to work at being consistent before we're even getting into that fat loss phase, right? We need to work at tracking our calories daily, tracking them accurately. And if you're tracking them daily and tracking them accurately, then we need to work on getting you to be hitting your deficit calories as well. So if the answer is no, you're going to move towards being consistent. If the answer is yes, I was consistent. Okay. Let's look at the data and see what happened. What happened with the scale? Did the scale go up? Did the scale go down? Did it stay the same? If it went up, okay, we're most likely in a surplus. However, I'll make the argument if you're eating at 1600 calories and the scale went up, I very highly doubt you were accurately tracking. I don't think there's a single person, even if you're five foot nothing, 1600 calories is not going to be a surplus for no one. I'm sorry. I'm just going to go out there and say it. Unless you have some, you know, issue with a thyroid issue, Hashimoto's disease, like, well, honestly, I don't even think it's going to be a surplus, but let's just, there are going to be 0.01 exceptions to the rule, but for 99.99% of you, 1600 calories is not going to be a surplus. So if the scale went up, honestly, what we need to look at is how we're tracking. If the scale went down, cool. It looks like we're in a deficit. I think we can be pretty confident with these numbers. Let's keep going. If the scale stayed the same, okay, maybe we're not in a deficit at the calories I gave you. Again, if you're at 1600, 1400 calories, I would argue, are we accurately tracking? Right. But again, if, if it gave you the calories of 19 or 2000, it's possible you could be at maintenance, right? Maybe you overestimated how active you were or something like that. And again, it's just a ballpark. So scale stayed the same. We're going to need to make some adjustments. Scale went down. Sounds like we're good to go. We're going to keep at these calories, keep at this activity, and we're going to keep going. Scale went up. Yes, we can make adjustments, but I'll be honest, I, I truly think if you're at 1,600 calories, 1,700 calories, even 1,800 calories, and again, the scale went up, that's just really not going to be a surplus for most people. If anything, if you're like four foot nine, sure, your maintenance might be at 1,800 calories, right? But a surplus at 1,800 calories, I just really, really question that. So now we have to make changes. But here's the other thing that we have to think about too. Let's say that over the course of two weeks, the first week, the scale dropped and the second week, the scale stayed the same. What do you do at that point? Well, there's other things we need to assess. And this is where having a coach really comes in handy because these are things that I look at and I look for that if you're not used to, you may not look for, right? Where one of those weeks, your period week, that's something to consider, right? Was one of those weeks, um, high stress, right? That can add some water weight to it and it can, and, it can blur out what's going on. And so you need to consider when you're looking back at your weeks, if you dropped weight the first week and then the second week it was stagnant, okay, maybe let's not be so quick to make changes if one of those was your period week or one of those weeks where you know you had a crazy work week and you were working 12 hours and staying up till 2 a.m., you know, for five nights in a row. And so you had a lot of stress that carried a lot of water weight. And so you didn't drop some weight that week because you retained a lot of water weight from the stress that week. Those are things you need to consider. Okay. So let's move on to step four. So you've assessed the data for the last two weeks, right? You were, you confirmed you were hundred percent consistent. You, uh, assess that the scale went down. And so you're like, okay, you know, we're going to stick with this, but let's say the scale didn't go down the scale just stayed the same, right? We need to go and make appropriate changes based on that feedback. 
two things that we can change is your calories and your activity, right? And so you have the option. It's really three options that you have. Let's say you didn't, you don't see any drop on the scale in those two weeks, again, four weeks, if you're going to weigh only once a week, if you don't see any changes, you can change your calories or your steps. We either can decrease your calories or increase your activity or a little bit of both. So let's say you're at 1800 calories and the scale was stagnant for those two weeks that you were tracking hundred percent consistently. You can safely be like, okay, you know what? I'm going to down my calories hundred. I think a good place to start is lowering your calories by hundred calories. Again, sticking to that for another two weeks and then based off the feedback, then changing it, right? Or another option, you could be like, hey, you know what? I want to stay at 1800 calories, but I'm going to increase my step goal by a thousand. I think that's a good place to start anywhere increasing your step goal from a thousand to 2000, or you could do a little bit of both. You could say, hey, you know what? I'm at 1800 calories or that's what the calculator gave me. I'm going to decrease 1700, but I'm also going to increase my steps a thousand. So I'm going to drop my calories down to 1700. I'm going to increase my steps to 9,000. And then I'm going to go from there. And then you have to basically repeat step three over again, step three and step four, right? You need to be consistent with your new protocols for the next two weeks. And then based on that feedback, again, you'll make the appropriate changes. Now, I think where people are really, really going to struggle and the side note that I want to make is that being consistent part. You need to be honest with your efforts through those two weeks. Again, if you are tracking Monday through Friday and then Saturday comes around and you go over to a friend's house and you decide not to track and you don't have that data, that's not being consistent for two weeks, right? I'm not saying not tracking one day is going to undo all of your progress, but you can't, again, you could easily be eating 2,500 calories, right? And that's going to set us off from the calories that the, the calculator gave you. And so that's not consistent feedback. And so I think that's where everyone's going to struggle the most with setting up your fat loss phase is making sure that you're consistent for those two weeks. So I put together a little checklist on how you can make sure that you're being consistent again for those two or four weeks. And so a few things I want you to go through is how are you tracking your food or measuring your food is probably a better way to say that. Are you measuring in ounces and grams or are you using cups? If you're using cups, stop using cups, use ounces and grams, get a food scale and switch to ounces and grams, even milliliters, whatever is on the packaging of your food. That's how I want you weighing your food out. Now, yes, I understand like some packages will say one cup or 45 grams. Stay away from cups and tablespoons. Cross that out on the pack of your nutrition label. I want you to use the other measurement. Usually they'll give two. They'll give a cup or a tablespoon measurement and they'll give the option of ounces, grams, and usually milliliters. So I want you to switch to weighing all your food in grams, ounces, milliliters. Are you weighing your stuff raw versus cooked, right? On the back of a rice bag or a meat packaging, it's giving you the calories for raw, not cooked. And so you might not be accurately tracking if you're weighing your meat and tracking it cooked versus raw. So make sure that you're tracking raw versus cooked. Another thing to go through on your checklist is how are you tracking when you're going out to eat, right? Are you going out to a lot of places where you don't have the nutrition menu, you don't have the calories on the menu, you're having to guesstimate a lot. That might be something to dial in. Do you even know how to track your calories when you go out to eat? right? That's something to assess too. And are you being accurate when you're tracking, when you go out to eat, right? Are you being honest? Are you over tracking a lot of things? Something I encourage my clients with a lot is when you're going out to eat and you don't know the calories on the menu, 
assume the higher amount, right? If you have two options, you're trying to track like a burger and you're using a menu to track a burger and one option gives you 500 calories and another gives you 700 calories, pick the 700. I would over track. And so assessing your tracking when you are going out to eat. And the final thing on this checklist that I don't think a lot of people think about, are you tracking your BLTs? And BLT is just a fun acronym for bites, licks, and taste right? For some of y'all out there who have kids, you know what I'm talking about when you're feeding your toddler and you're eating half of their mac and cheese with them. Those calories still count. You need to be tracking that or refrain from eating your kid's food and start making your own lunch and eating your own lunch food, right? Or if you don't have kids and you bake or you cook or you like to munch on snacks while you're cooking, those calories still count. So when you're having a bite here, having a taste there, having a lick there, either making sure to track those things or refraining from, again, having the bite or having the lick. When you want just a little handful of chips instead of saying, oh, I'm just going to get a handful of chips. I'm not going to track it. Own that you want a handful of chips, put it in a bowl, measure out the chips, eat the chips, enjoy them, and make sure you're putting that on your tracking. So that is everything I have to go over with how to start a fat loss phase. Again, the four steps, first one being to figure out your calories and your activity goal. Step two, be consistent with those calories for two weeks. If you weigh daily, if you're weighing weekly, being consistent with those calories for four weeks, step three, assessing that data. And then step four, making the appropriate changes based on that feedback. So now I want to hop into this little freebie that I have for you guys. So what this freebie is, is a weight tracking sheet. I'm going to have the link in the show notes. The link is also going to be in the bio in my Instagram. But what this is, is an Excel spreadsheet where you can put in your daily weigh-ins. And it's going to not only average your weigh-ins for the week, but it's also going to show you the difference via the average. So again, what I think happens a lot with people when they're weighing in is they're not looking at the data over a course of an average. They're thinking, oh my gosh, at the beginning of the week, I weighed 182. And at the end of the week, I weighed 183. I must be gaining weight, right? When you're weighing, even if you're weighing daily, a lot of clients have this freak out where they weigh in at 182 and then 180 and 181 and 181 again, and then 183 on the weekend. They're like, oh my gosh, I gained. It's like, no, with the fluctuations throughout the week, you actually lost a pound. Yes, you weighed 183 at the end of the week, but during the week, you weighed 180, 181, 182. And we average all of that together, you actually lost a pound. And so this sheet is going to help you do that. It has a graph on there. It has spots for you to put that in. Again, it analyzes in a spot what your average weigh-in for that week is, and then it will average out the difference for you. So again, I'm going to leave that link in my show description. And again, it's also in the link in my Instagram bio. Click on that link. All you have to do is put your name in, put your email. It's going to get emailed to you. Make sure to check your spam just in case you don't see it in your inbox. You can download that sheet and use it. I believe it has six months worth of blocks in there so you can use it. And whenever you just run out of room, you can just make another copy and then use it going forward. So I hope this was super helpful on how to start a fat loss phase. If you have any questions about this podcast, again, as always, please don't hesitate to shoot me a DM. I hope this was super helpful and I will catch you guys in the next one. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Damn Strong Podcast. Show me some love by leaving a review and sharing a screenshot of this episode on your Instagram stories. Until next time, stay strong.